Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Chris Catan. Hi, how are you? Where are you? I know you're on the road and you are. I'm currently in lovely Columbus, Ohio. You have a bunch of shows coming up there. I, well, in this city, I've won. Uh, I have, uh, I have, I'm currently in Ohio, so I have uh, a few more shows left in uh, Ohio. Uh, I have, um, where am I going to be tomorrow? I'm going to be in, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be in uh, Columbus tonight, and I will be in, um, at the Funny Bone. The Funny Bone is the name of the venue. Um, and the show starts in about four hours and I will be there. And tomorrow I will be at Luden's castle, which I've never been to. I, I didn't even know there was a castle there in Ohio, but I guess there is apparently. So I'm looking forward to that castle. Maybe there'll be a moat, a drawbridge, a princess to be saved, a dragon, an Ohio dragon. I've never seen a dragon in Ohio. Who knows? There might be all of that. Well, listen, you're in Ohio on a Thursday, but earlier this week you were on the red carpet with your girlfriend. You were at Elton John's Oscar party. Does it ever get old for you, Hollywood, going to Oscar parties, being on red carpets? Oh, that? No, of course not. No, that's not. I mean, especially now, too, with COVID uh, lifting up, you know, that the you know, having the, the, the mandate being lifted up a little bit and uh, was uh, a great opportunity to go out and see friends again and friends in the business. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, of course, you get tested and, and you go out again, you get your temperature taken, you share a COVID card and all those, all those things necessary to go in. And, and um, I had a fantastic time. It's always fun to get dressed up and, and, and support this industry and then all the creativity behind it from the crew and the cast. And, and um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's a wonderful business to be part of really when you have a, get to be in the, I'm very fortunate and full of gratitude to be part of this business, you know. Um, I'm very, very lucky and to get to do what I love doing, which is making people laugh. And I, that's what I love to do, so. I'm I'm quite lucky, and to be uh, <clears throat> asked to go on a red carpet is is such an honor. I mean, I'm not one of those people usually that's asked to go and partake in those events. Uh, I have in the past gone, but I, I you know don't always uh, I don't know for whatever reason it made a huge difference. Maybe it's because it's been a couple of years. Uh, I don't know. I I've been to the after parties quite a bit, um, but this was a little bit more a little different. Um, 
being more formal as it was. Um, uh, but it was great, you know, I mean, going, I have a, a girlfriend named Maria and uh, she's just incredible and we're very, very, very happy together. And um, we just had such a great time. And one of the highlights of the evening, I think, was uh, getting to <clears throat> meet uh, Robert Pattinson. And, and he, uh, he is, of course, the Batman. And I, I met him before, but um, I didn't have much of a conversation before with him uh, previous to that. But this time around, I found out that he's a huge fan of Corky Romano. So that was uh, pretty cool to find out that the Batman loves Corky Romano. Who would have thought? I would not have thought that. You know, and he was even so specific to a scene. He was like, I just remember the, the scene where you were. It's not a very good Robert Pattinson impression. But he was like, I just remember when you were there, a scene where you were farting. And I was like, oh, yes, the farting scene. Is it yes? And the crew was laughing so hard, and I just love that. I think you're brilliant. You're just so brilliant, and I, I thought that was such an honor to come from such a great actor. You know, I I loved him in Lighthouse, and of course Twilight, but Lighthouse I thought he was amazing with Willem Dafoe, and and uh, it's just just it's just so. I'm from one artist to another. I, I guess I'm an artist, but I always found myself just to be a comedian, but. Uh, he, he's such a great actor. And um, anyway, it's just so cool to see all those big celebrities, you know, the Leos and the and uh, Elton John and, and, you know, all those. It's just very cool. And then, um, yeah, it, it's just it's so fun. Those kind of things are really, really I had a lot of great I had a great time. It was a memorable weekend. And uh, and uh, luckily I had good hair. I had a good I had a good hair weekend. That's always important. Listen, yeah, good that is really important. Trust me. It's not, it's not always the case for me. Some days are good hair days. Some days are bad hair days. And did right. you, did you think when you started talking to Robin Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, that you would start talking about Corky Romano? No, he brought it up. I heard he was a fan. So I said that, that I heard you're a fan and he said, yes, I love Corky Romano. So I had no idea that the, uh, the conversation would lead in that direction. So it was such a, that was so cool to hear from him. You are know. you are you the type that gets you know you just mentioned Leo and like you know Elton John like are oh. you the type that gets starstruck? Uh, oh, of course I do. Yeah, of course. My God, yeah. I uh, I went to this after party where Robert Gennaro was there and Chris Rock and and uh, uh, Gal Gadot and oh, not Gal Gadot. I'm sorry. Some some woman that looked like Gal Gadot. There's four or five women that look like Gal Gadot from the back. So I don't know who it was. Uh, <laughs> Jason Momoa and all those people, you know, it's really just cool to see all those wonderful talents, you know, out and about and having a good time. And, and you know, you know, I know there was drama and that evening at the Oscars, of course, there was the, the, the famous Will Smith, Chris Rock memorable moment of uh, the devil made him do it. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, you can do a lot of things when the devil makes you do it. Um, you know, <laughs> kind of, there you go. Did you get a chance to talk to Chris Rock? Like, did you talk to Chris Rock that night? I, I, no, I did not. I, I, I knew he was at the same party, but I did not speak with him. I think the last thing he would want to talk about was that moment, but I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure he was upset. I mean, you can see it in his eyes when you're watching the Oscars that it was not, if I was punched in the face on live television, I don't think I'd feel very good either. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't think he deserved it. That's for sure. Um, by far did not deserve that. I don't, I think it was kind of, you know, unprofessional of what happened, but, um, but that's just my opinion. But I think they're both very talented actors and, uh, the show remained and it shall go on and did go on and will go on. And, uh, you know, that's just the nature of the business, I suppose. What you know? about... 
you know, you are in Ohio now, like you said, you're going to be in Colorado in April. You're going to be basically everywhere in May in Florida. Every city that's ever existed in Florida is what your May looks like. You know, like Kathy Griffin has come out and said, like, I'm scared. Like even Joy Behar, I didn't realize Joy Behar still does a ton of stand up. She says, I'm scared. Like as a comedian that's doing stand up and you're now on tour, like, is that a thing of like, Will Smith walks out of stage, slaps a comedian. Like, are you scared? Scared of being slapped? No, I'm not scared of being slapped because I don't think I'll be saying anything that would get me in a situation where I get slapped. But I am a little uh, trepidatious about just, you know, with COVID and all, you know, I take my immunity system. I take my immune system right after the plan right before and I wash my hands before and after and I wear my mask and, I do all the things I can do to uh, make sure that I'm safe, you know, especially while traveling. Uh, and I seem to have been, been okay so far. You know, I, I did have COVID in the very beginning. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I got a booster shot. Uh, I had my second booster shot. I've had two booster shots now. And I had my, my, my Johnson & Johnson also as well, which means I got, all my skin is very, it used to be very dry. Now it's not dry. So that's good. So, and uh, I, yeah, I, I'm as safe as I can be, you know, healthier than I can be. And a lot of live stuff is back. You know, like I, I live in New York city and like things are back. I mean, people are touring and music and it's, it's back. It's kind of like it's back. It feels like it's back, you know? I mean, I don't think it is completely back, you know? Uh, I, I, I remember when it was, COVID was uh, kind of going away and last year people were like oh no it's gone and then all of a sudden that concert thing happened and then people went a little bit out of control I think people were like uh, a little way too excited so I think as long as we remain cautious and uh, just stay stick to the rules because the rules are there for a reason uh, then we'll be okay you know and just uh, be grateful and 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 count our blessings you know and uh, i think we'll be just fine how do you deal with you know okay so we have this will smith thing but you know listen comedians have especially like in the beginning sometimes when they're not famous they have hecklers like how do you deal with hecklers and do you still have that now at this point in your career i would assume you don't but what do i know oh i do yeah I, i i like that i mean i come from an improvisational background so i enjoy hecklers uh, uh in the sense of as long as they don't punch me or they don't yell at me or you know say something profound you know i i don't really have hecklers like that they'll scream every so often you know like hey bop your head or you know what is love or emilio or you know you guys want some cookies or whatever they'll say something from a you know or more cowbell or something from sun out live something like that but that that that's par for the course, you know, and, and that's comes from a place of love. And, and I, I really enjoy that. You know, I, I think it's great. You know, people are coming out and have a, a great time. They're coming out on a weekday, you know, a weekday night, which, uh, you know, is, is, you know, and they have to wake up early the next day. So it's, it's great that they want to come out and laugh and I'm, I'm there to deliver them. So oh, I'm having a great time doing it. Well, if it's any consolation to Chris Rock, I don't know if you were, I mean, I'm sure someone's told him his ticket sales. I read he sold more tickets overnight than like in the past six months to any of the shows. So there you go. Well, there you go. That's a silver lining. Well, if I got, maybe I'll get punched to the face tonight. My <laughs> ticket sales will go up. <laughs> I mean, what about, was it always comedy for you when you were growing up? Like, did you ever think of doing anything else in your life? Uh, well, I always wanted to do some dramatic roles. I mean, just because uh, in high school I did drama, you know, I, I did The Crucible. I was the bad guy in The Crucible and Arthur Miller's Crucible. And uh, I played the bad guy in Man of La Mancha, the musical. And um, I played the voice of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors, which was not, was a musical comedy. But uh, I always wanted to get into comedy because that's what seemed to get the most reaction from other people. Uh, and um, so I enjoyed doing that the most. That was where my heart was. But um, I would always love to play, a, I mean, a supervillain of some sort in a, in a superhero film. That'd be great. You know, I mean, when I saw like 
Paul Dano's performance as the Riddler in the Batman, I was like, oh man, I bet I could play that. And I think I really could. I really believe it, you know. It just takes that one guy, you know, and at that level to just go, God, you know what? I bet I'd love to hear Chris Catan's read on this, you know. I bet I I bet I bet there's something there, you know, and and um you'd be surprised. A lot of comedians like Kate McKinnon right now, too, you know, a lot of people just take trust and uh out of somebody at that level to to give it give us somebody that uh, opportunity and uh you know and then you know they get that opportunity and then everybody's surprised and uh you know it's in them all along but i'd, I'd love to do something dramatic that'd be fantastic you know well did you exchange numbers with robin robert pattinson i mean you have the end now i did not uh i don't know what he would do besides come on to the set of my next film uh, maybe he would give me a role. I don't know. I think it's more industry. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if that's the way, if Robert said, hey, I'll give you a role in my next film, but I don't think he would do that. He was very excited about Corky Romano, though. I think if I did a Corky Romano too, he would probably be in Corky Romano too. Or if I did a Roxbury guys too, that would be fun. If there was a Night of the Roxbury too, I would. That would be great to do. In fact, I think that would be a great idea. Honestly, I think it would be great to get me and Will Ferrell, of course, and Jim Carrey as a third guy. I think it would be a fantastic idea. That was the first three uh, people that did it on SNL. Uh, first, it was Will and I, and then Jim Carrey hosted, and then it was the three of us. And I think that's what really boosted that those characters up to another level. And I think if we did those characters today in a film i think it would do really well and i think it would be so so much fun and i think people would love it um that would be a neat thing to do i think it'd be so much fun to do that you see how my mouth is like dropping open like i am so i mean because like it's a different time it's a different era yeah like a modern day take on this yeah if there could be a i don't know is there a fan base is there some sort of like a online reddit I don't know what it is that makes that happen, but uh, that'd be great. What do you suggest? What do they say? Isn't there some sort of like a GoFundMe? Not a GoFundMe, because... Just like like a Reddit or like an online petition, which if it gets enough eyes, and yeah, I mean, I think that stuff really yeah. does. Are you? Do you think like Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey would be into it? I, th- I would hope so. I, that would be great, you know? I, be- I bet they might. I don't know. I haven't asked them personally yet, but, uh, but uh, you know, I think it'd be a great time. You know, I think everybody that wants to have fun uh, and that's not too, and I think it's a different day and age. I don't think actors or, or comedians are very like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Or, I'm too old. Um, you know, I'm past that. I don't do TV and I don't do commercials. I think we're, it's not about that anymore. I think everybody does something that they just want to enjoy. Sometimes people do projects for their kids, you know, Brad Pitt does voice for his kids and Megamind and, you know, like, you know, people just do things for the fun of it, you know, because they can. And, and, and uh, you know, I did a benefit for the Ukraine last week, you know, and because I could. And, uh, you know, if you have the time to do it, you should do it. And, um, and, and if people really want to go see Night at the Roxbury 2 or another Night at the Roxbury, uh, That'd be a good title. Uh, I think people should uh, petition for that. That'd be a fun thing to do, you know? Why not? <laughs> Another Night at the Roxbury is a perfect title. Listen, let me get the petition going after the show. I'm going to take care of okay, this for you. Good. You're just going to have to call Will and Jim Carrey. I, I don't have access to that. Okay. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm going to be honest. Listen, I've heard so much about meditation, but I really didn't think it was something that would ever work for me. That is until I found the Calm app. Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment you start. So find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or your bed, 
and tune into Calm. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, and it gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. You could use Calm for so many different things. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations. You can improve your focus with curated music tracks. And you can rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. I turn to Calm because, hey, I'm a New Yorker and I have trouble sleeping. What I love about Calm is there's so many different things that they offered for sleep. Stories, sleep soundscapes like rivers and brooks. I also love the music, but Calm can also help you focus, self-improvement, reduce stress. It really is a great app to improve the quality of your life. For listeners of Behind the Velvet Robe, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm Premium subscription at com.com slash velvet rope. Go to com slash velvet rope for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's com.com slash velvet rope. What are you doing right now? Okay, fine. You're taking a break from the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast right now. But what are you doing as soon as this podcast is over? Well, listen, you're wasting your time if you're not playing June's Journey. We literally spend hours here talking about The Real Housewives. And let me tell you, you think they're tough? They ain't got nothing on June. If you play June's Journey, you play as June Parker. She's an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries. How fierce is she? Let me tell you, she's fierce. The mysteries are full of twists and turns around every corner. And you put your powers of observation to the test. You get to sharpen your sleuthing skills. And you get to relish in the thrill of solving the case. The more I play, the better I get. But you know what? The thrill of solving the case never goes away. There's hidden clues. There's danger. There's romance. I'm telling you, it is better than Real Housewives. Don't believe me? Play for yourself. So listen, there's a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective and download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. What about talk to me, you know, speak of Will Ferrell, what was it like? I mean, I know you got your start like way back at the Groundlings. I mean, you know, a lot of greats have come through the Groundlings. What was it like at the Groundlings? Uh, I had a great time at that. I mean, that was the beginning of uh, where I started. My dad was one of the first performers there. Um, you know, he, he was one of the founders. So I used to go watch him perform when I was seven years old. And it was such an influence on me. It really impacted my life to see him connect with the audience and, and do improvisation or comedy him and Paul Rubens and see his development of a character of P of PB Herman and Phil Hartman and John Lovitz and Lorraine Newman and all of those guys, you know, it's just so fantastic to see how people develop characters from their minds. You know, I mean, the people in the rallies were truly brilliant. You know, and um, and, and I, I learned early that writing is the basis of comedy. You know, it's the backbone of comedy, really. And uh, I've always been a huge fan of, uh, of 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 improvisation and of the ground lanes and the performers and the cast. And uh, they're just so, so, uh, you know, so talented. And uh, there's just so much talent out there in general. You know, that um, I mean, they have such a bigger opportunity now than I used to. I mean, uh, the outlet that I had back then was, um, you know, live theater. And, um, you know, now you can go on YouTube or you can go on. You could do a TikTok video. You could do Instagram videos or anything like that. Be seen. So back then it was such a it was much more of a struggle. Uh, to do that. And I have a book called uh, Baby Don't Hurt Me is the name of the book that I wrote years ago. And it talks about how I got, you know, got to where I became and then got how I got on SNL and all that. And it's a really interesting book called Baby Don't Hurt Me. And you can order it. And, uh, but um, my, my real love for comedies on a sh um, is sketch comedy and doing shorts. And I'm getting into uh, writing and performing in them. And uh, it's there's a show called Hey Catan. It's called like Hey Catan, H-E-Y Catan. And it's on YouTube right now. So you can check it out and go there and, you know, subscribe. So I encourage all fans of mine or comedy in general to go there and subscribe to Hey Catan. Uh, it's and, great. Yeah, I've, I've watched it. Yeah. There's great stuff there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we just we just now started. So we're just beginning with you know, very little budget out of pocket basically. And, um, 
it's uh it's it's just so much fun to keep your mind busy you know it's it's a great outlet not being on snl anymore and having left years and years ago it's still my love is still in sketch comedy and 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 uh i still have that love for it you know so i love doing characters and coming up with new characters i still get to do that and do that in my stand-up shows but also i like to do that in my shorts as well so hey katan is on youtube so you can go there and you just you know you subscribe you click and subscribe now and you become a subscriber and they'll send it to you once a week so it's really great. It's, it's, it's really, really fun. It's a, it's, it's, and we get to, my point was that we get uh, to find new talent that's out there and they get an opportunity to perform and show their characters as well. And uh, you know, that's great for them too, because they don't get a shot as well. You know, there's just so much ta talent out there to work with. And um, I love working with other talented people. You know, it gives me a, it's a real high, you know, it really is. And do you think it's easier now with like, you know, talent could come on your show or, you know, their own Instagrams? I mean, do you think it's easier now to break into the business back than back in the day? Uh, yes, I do think it is easier now uh, to sustain. Uh, I don't know, but um, it, I do think it's easier to break into the business now. Yeah, for sure. Um, just I'm always breaking to it's easier to be seen immediately i mean you can have an instagram account and you're seen immediately so That's whether it's from the right eyes you know i don't know but um you know it's uh i, I have to get better about promoting my shows i've learned <laughs> but it's a um, it's a full-time yeah. job let me tell you this whole social media yeah thing. it is <laughs> it definitely is a full-time job i took a couple months off uh and um and um yeah i did i took a about a month or so off after I did Celebrity Big Brother, which was an uh, interesting experience. I wanted to do that. I spoke to Tom Green after, um, he's a great guy, he's such such a sweetheart. And we talked about it before I went on and I was like, what do you think? He said, you'll have fun and you'll have a good time. And, uh, but you know, uh, there is that game, you know, you gotta be watch out for and you gotta watch out for it. That is that game of uh, backstabbing, which is, not my kind of game and I just could not handle it <laughs> so to speak it was not the healthiest I like healthy I like healthy uh uh you know atmospheres to play in you know I'm not I'm not the biggest on lying and and uh backstabbing people I like to have conversations with people that are genuine and then go into another room and still still feel the same about that person <laughs> did you watch big, did you watch big brother before you were on it like did you know what you were getting into even after speaking to Tom? i never wanted to watch this show <laughs> but my agent said watch celebrity big brother it's different and i did i watched two seasons and i liked the first one much better than no i watched the second no i liked the second season better than the first one because of Tom Green, because I'm a bit of, uh, I'm a big fan of his, and um, and uh, he's a fellow friend, and and, uh, and I enjoyed that one uh, a lot. Uh, the third one I was in, and and that one quickly went to a different turn. I mean, it really went into a darker place of game playing. And the third week I was on, I was like hoping that maybe someone would vote me out. <laughs> just because I was not just not having the best time, uh, you know, and I really am like, you know, I'm a funny person and, and they weren't utilizing that so much. And um, I think they wanted, you know, I think they, 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 some reality shows, which I'm not the biggest fan of really, uh, they enjoy it when people that are healthy turn insane. Yes. <laughs> What shows are those? I mean, I've never missed an episode of Big Brother. I think it's a great game. So I have more questions yeah. about that. But what what shows do you think they love when people turn insane? Well, Big Brother's one of them. <laughs> uh, Survivor, but that's like you're surviving and not really turning crazy. But I mean, I didn't turn insane, but I I, I definitely I avoided that. Uh, I, I just I think I think people I think the general public likes it when. Um, people are not in their place of being comfortable 
yeah. sometimes. And, uh, and it wasn't, it, with, the, with the exception of eating Carson's cakes, uh, Carson Presley was such a, such a sweetheart and so funny. Well, I really enjoyed working with him and uh, the whole cast was great from Brian and, and uh, Mish and, and uh, you know, Cynthia and uh, all those guys were great to work with. What about, you know, cause I've had like, I've had Carson on this show. I've had like Todd Bridges on this show. What about, you know, like this whole Todrick thing was that part of why you felt this dark cloud, you know, Todd Bridges has had a few things to say when he was here about Todrick and there's so much that has now come out. Is that for you? What kind of was this dark cloud over big brother? You know, it was for Todd Bridges. I mean, he's been very vocal about it. Oh, was he? Oh, uh, I, I have not seen his interviews. Um, I enjoyed man, him and, and, and um, Lamar at night kept me up. Well, Todd Bridges snores so loud he sounds like a, a t-rex with a someone sticking up a, a massive amount of pipe cleaners down his throat while he's sleeping is what it sounds like um i love the guy but oh my god he's got to check that out he's got he's got different levels of he needs a mucinex let's just put it it's that like way. sleep apnea or something something yeah something's going on with that throat um but um he um and I didn't know he went to prison. Nobody told me that until I was in a room with him. I was like, what? <laughs> now they tell me? <laughs> You're like, who am I in this house with? <laughs> but he was a sweetheart, too. And he worked with my dad on different strokes, actually. Um, and um, so that was really cool to talk with him uh, about that. Because he remembered my dad. My dad played a dentist. But him and Lamar kept me up late. Uh, at night and it was so entertaining the way they bantered I was like these guys have got to get an I I you know, some sort of a podcast I was like I want to I want to produce a podcast with you guys because they're so entertaining their banter was so funny and um like Carson and I had this great banter together too I don't know if there's any clips of us in the kitchen or what but like we hit it off so well he was so so funny god that guy's funny and um i just love i love to laugh what can i say do you yeah. regret like removing yourself from the game at all uh no well the show advised me to they said like if you want to you can go or you can stay and i said like you know i think just my sanity if if the game is going to become more political because i know I, I, there's no way to predict the game and there really isn't a uh, a way to talk to someone here in case someone gets hurt or you know like lamar hurt his leg really bad one night and i said well you know press the buzzer buzzer hit nine one well hit nine one one or hit the buzzer for help and he was like no 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 i don't want to do that They'll take you out of the game. But I was like, look, you're bleeding. Like, that's not good. So I'm like, I just don't think that's a healthy situation to be in where media is powerful enough to stop you from saying, ouch, I'm in pain. That's <laughs> really I what, like, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't think that's healthy. So if you got a call next year to go back, do it over, try it over. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, if I did go back over again, if I went over again, I would, uh, I'd make the cakes <laughs> for the fun of it. I'm not a very good cook though. I mean, I love CBS was great. I don't know how they do that show. It's incredible. The turnaround of the editing is incredible and, and, and their game ideas and, They've been in production for over 20 years now, and I think it's the same team. So they are pros. They are so professional. And they and 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 I loved watching it. But when I got home, watching the, the rest of the season of the season that I had left, um, they I was like, what was going on? Like Mariah was saying, what? Like after she was, she and I were like commiserating and she was crying about stuff. I was like, wow, this is such a sweetheart of a girl. 
And then she'd go in the next room and then start making alliances. I was like, God, like, I know I'm naive about some things, but wow. Thank God I'm in a healthy relationship with the right woman in my life. I was just going <laughs> to say, it, it doesn't make you want to go back. It makes you say, thank God I left. Well, had I known that, I just, I, I would like to go into a show trusting people uh, and not go into a show not trusting people, you know, because trusting somebody sense. is a lot more fun, you know. So I went in there vulnerable, open, and ready to have a good time and ready to trust people, so. Working out is a necessary part of life. We all work out, right? Now, here's the thing. Doing the same thing in your workout day after day, that gets really boring and really tiring. Right, guys? Are you with me? Listen, Peloton is pushing you further with so much new. They're pushing you further with so much new on the Peloton bike, the Peloton bike plus. There's everything. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline, no gloves needed, boxing. They also have a new artist series music selections. You can add certain types like rock music or hip hop or just EDM, or you can so you can go like genre, or you can go like one particular artist. You guys know I love the Madonna. Hello. You could de-stress from a long day with 30 minutes of strength and 20 minutes of cardio, or do a quick 15-minute total body class before work. Yoga, meditation, dance, cardio. I could go on all day, you guys. And that's why I love Peloton. Listen, visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com to learn more. What about when you first, like, you know, got SNL? You know, like, that is obviously like a career-making move for people. Like, were you, what was that like? Uh, when I first got Saturday Night Live, oh, it was a dream come true, you know. I auditioned and uh, I did a, a three characters. Or I did Sewell Forrester, which was this gibberish guy who was like, good afternoon, I'm Sewell Barner, I'm going to be here. And uh, that became a reoccurring character. And that, my first week, my first SNL episode was the uh six shows into the end of the season which is usually it's not mid-season replacement or mid-season uh they got me six shows before the end of the season and my first week i i uh i i introduced that character at the read-through table didn't get the biggest reaction only because i think people didn't know who i who, who i was except for will and molly and um and sherry and uh then uh lauren you know, I'm I'm embedded. Embedded. I'm I'm so grateful to him for you know for what he did. He looked out for me and he put that sketch in dress rehearsal, and uh, and it went really well. And it became the first sketch of the night. So my first show that I ever did on Saturday Night Live, the first sketch of the night was Substitute Teacher. That was the first sketch I ever uh, ever did on that show, and that was the first show I ever did. So that was wow. uh, really cool. Yeah. Wow. What was like, listen, I've had other people. I just had Sherry O'Terry. I just sat down with her. What was like the atmosphere like on SNL? You know, I mean, it seems, look, it's not, it seems like it's like a master class. I mean, it seems like there's the writers and I didn't realize all this that I guess like they have to write for you and you want them to write for you, but you could write your own stuff. Like that sounds like a pretty tense environment, so to speak. It, it got tense, but you know, uh, we were trained that way before Sherry and I well, were from the same improvisation little company and in, uh, in LA and we were taught how to write, taught how to create characters. So we already had a pretty good education in that field. Uh, we didn't come from stand up. Um, we didn't come from just being writers. We already knew how to perform and take care of ourselves in a way. And, uh, and also know how to work with others as well. So we had a big advantage that way. And we were happy, fun people, you know. Uh, uh, we still are. And, and um, that's what keeps us going. So we had that advantage. And, um, you know, I had a trunk load, as Will said, of, of characters ready to go. I had the Soul Forester. I had Mr. Peepers, that monkey-eating character. And I had... Um, I had uh, the Roxbury guys with Will. Will and I introduced that before we went on to Saturday Night Live and uh, a few other characters. But, you know, and then I created Mango later and got to talk with Molly later. And uh, 
uh, a number of other characters, you know, and then sketches, you know, like more cowbell was the big hit that I did with Will and Will put me in that sketch. And, you know, it was just such a, it was a great time, you know, it was a great cast, you know, Tina and Jimmy and Seth and Polar and Maya and, you know, it was a, a terrific cast, you know. So uh, I was very grateful to be part of that cast. It was a, a true blessed time. Did you have a favorite character or is that like asking you to choose amongst your children? Uh, one of my favorite characters was actually Hedwin Harry, which was not my character. It was, it was uh, Jana Carvey. <laughs> when he came home from a party and half his head was missing and the, the dog... <laughs> The dog at the party was chewing on his, chewing the, whatever, the prosthetics off his head, going, oh, his dog must smell my dog, but it's like pulling the head off of his head. It was so funny. And that was live television. It was hilarious to me. I did enjoy doing golf talk, Asriel Abyss with uh, Molly. I thought that was really fun. And uh, another character, Gay Hitler, Spreken Z Dick. That was a fun character. <laughs> I am. I I, I did, but it, was, it was written for me, and I enjoyed doing that. That was always fun. And, did it, uh, yeah. Come on, sorry. Oh no, no, no! I was just uh, just reminiscing with you. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of great Antonio Banderas, the Antonio Banderas show. Uh, I got to coin the phrase "too sexy," which was nice. Too sexy, my friend. It's always neat to coin a phrase, and then people say it again. And, and uh yeah I, I mean i had a blast it was the time of my life did it help having like you know like will ferrell and like sherry just having come from the groundlings with them like did that help kind of you all kind of came together so to speak in the uh, beginning? yeah it definitely did uh, will and i created a lot of characters together uh at snl a few characters uh and so sherry and i were together as well uh, when I got on there, Sherry and Will had the cheerleaders already, and um, then Will and I introduced the Roxbury guys uh, the following week, my second week. So the first week was the substitute teacher, and then the second week was, uh, that was the first week, and the second week was um, uh, the Roxbury guys with Will, and Phil Hartman was the guest host, actually. What about, listen, I, I love them all, but you know, Gay Hitler one of my favorites. I am gay. I'm gay and I'm Jewish. So personally, neither of those things offends me. I thought gay Hitler was great, but like, do you think, listen, I go back to the Chris Rock thing, you know, now you have Will on stage, he slaps him. Was this joke out of line? Like, where does it fall with like comedians and, you know, like, you know, is this whole new cancel culture? Like are comedians, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, are they, like, how has, has cancel culture affected your act? Have we gone too far? Tell me everything. I think we still have to be very careful, clearly. Um, I think we always have had to be careful in general because freedom of speech, uh, you know, and comic freedom of speech are two different things in a way, you know. Uh, you know, but on the Oscars... It was kind of strange, even though it wasn't intentional, but to hit a comedian for saying something that was a joke, but was taken uh, in a different direction and not taken lightly. And then he got angry and punched Chris Rock, and then he got he won an Oscar, not for that performance, but for another performance, but. You know, uh, um, it's an interesting, I think it's, when I did the red carpet, a lot of people were like, ask me questions about it. And I didn't say anything. I said, there's so many things I wanted to say, uh, but I didn't. (laughs) You know, I think it's a time for things, for people to learn from that. And it's a hard thing to know exactly what to say about it, except for your own opinion. You know, I think everybody has a different opinion about it. I, I think he could have apologized to Chris Rock that night. Um, but he didn't, and I think he could have, uh, you know, I would have handled it a little differently. I think it's definitely important to defend your wife uh, and defend your the woman you love, for sure. Um, but, you know, 
I think he laughed at the joke at first. So it's confusing. So I don't know. Anyway, we're moving on. The most important thing is a lot. There's a lot of crazier things going on right now between Russia and the Ukraine. And that's a lot more important. <laughs> it is more important. Listen, I am more than happy to after this week, not talk about it anymore. Like we've talked about this is yeah, everyone. I'm sure there'll be tons of magazines with pictures of it and New York Times and all that stuff. I think the next day there was a Vanity Fair picture or, or I don't know. But, uh, you know, it is historical. I mean, things have happened before. You know, the Native Americans accepting an award for on behalf of Marlon Brando for Godfather. Or I think with David Niven, someone ran up, the streaker came up. Uh, I think uh, Warren Beatty saying La La Land won Best Movie. Uh, I think that was uh, instead of Moonlight. You know, I think there's a lot of interesting moments at the Oscars. The Oscars are, at least it was a surprise, you know. It was was a surprise. I mean, listen, now they're saying that Will Smith should, I mean, I think they're looking into taking his Oscar back. That's what I heard, the latest. Oh, is that what's going on to give it back? That's what I heard. Well, if that's the case, it's just a mature piece of material, you know. It's he's still achieved great accomplishments in this world, and he's achieved great accomplishments as an actor, and he'll still be a great actor nonetheless. The one thing before uh, we move on that I thought was like where I heard Chris Rock like ran into Wanda Sykes at a party, and she's like, he's was he was apologizing to her of like this should this night's all about you, like you're one of the hosts, and now it's gonna be about me, which I thought was nice yeah i don't i don't think chris rock really owes anyone an apology <laughs> oh you mean will smith said that no chris rock said that oh yeah that's not he's just being a good yeah he's a sweetheart that's what sweethearts do he he that's unnecessary but that's very kind and it was so great to see three female guest hosts that was great tina and amy did a superior job but i thought Schumer saying, like, did I miss something? The vibe is different in here. I love that she said that. You know, I thought that was fantastic. Someone needed to say something. I mean, you know, and it was great that she had the balls to do it. And uh, I love Amy Schumer. I thought one of the sites was great to see her back there. I love seeing people like that back, you know, that are that know how to deliver and be a pro and be as funny as they always are. And to see Wanda back up there was just hilarious. That Kim Kardashian joke was so funny about Judy Dench. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. So, so it was great to see that kind of humor back. And that that was really fun. Because I, I like the Ricky Gervais humor. When a man says that kind of humor, it's different. When a woman says it, it's okay, I guess. But, but I'm not biased. So I just love that kind of humor. I love it when it's a little biting. There's something about poking fun at the big celebrities, you know? I mean, after all, it is an Oscar-winning ceremony. And they are getting awards, so why not poke fun at them? It's not a, a roast. It's a, uh, uh, and they choose a comedic, uh, I mean, Billy Crystal was always my favorite host, you know, and he was the king of, of Oscar hosts as far as I was concerned. Uh, sorry, that's an ambulance coming by. I'm about to have a heart attack. I forgot to tell you. I was, I was going to say, normally people here at where I'm in New York, I'm like, I have to apologize to people and be like, I am in a nice building. I'm up high. Yeah. I'm not on the streets. But all of a sudden, right, right. we hear sirens, people. <laughs> no, I mean, right. And I don't think anyone should feel sorry for any joke against Kim Kardashian. I think she's doing just fine as it is. Like, I don't yeah. think anyone should feel. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought that was a very funny joke. Uh, work harder next time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she has a sense of humor? Judy Dent had a sense of humor. So there you go. Kim Kim has a sense of humor. Do you think, you know, like I look at like a Joan Rivers, like, you know, Joan Rivers was unapologetically like, I can say what I want. I remember going to see her live like the day after Michael Jackson passed away, and she's like, here's a Michael Jackson is passed away joke. Like, is there, is there a fine line as a comedian or, I mean, it's just really, a, a, I'm curious. Yeah, I think there's a definite fine line right now. Yes, for sure. I don't know if that'll ever go back to being okay to say whatever you want to say. I don't think, uh, it's just a different age, but that's okay. We can still find humor in other 
we don't have to be crass and we don't have to be insensitive. Uh, as long if it's funny, it's funny, you know, and that's the most important thing. You can be heartwarmingly funny, you know. A lot of the sketches that I'm going to be doing on my show are have a lot to do with kids, you know, in a good way. Uh, you know, I, we're going to be doing funny stuff with kids. I have an idea about uh, a, a news anchor show where it's bring the kids work day and one of the newscasters going to bring their kids. I just think that's a funny concept for a sketch, you know. Uh, and um, anyway, so, you know, I, I just think there's humor. I, I like family humor. That's that's where I'm directed. That's where I'm going towards. So, you know, I, I love I, it. You've done so many impersonations. Also, you mentioned like Antonio Banderas. You also did like Anne Heche, like David Lee Roth. Have you ever heard from someone that you've impersonated that's just been so thrilled with how it came out? Uh, I know uh, Harrison Ford, uh, when uh, uh, a friend, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, was casting uh, There Will Be Blood, I guess he met with Harrison Ford, and he said, I'm meeting uh, Harrison Ford, you know, this is prior to, uh, you know, um, to getting, um, to getting um, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, and, uh, and I said, uh, ask Harrison Ford, I tried to ask Harrison Ford if he's present with me. And he said, I don't believe it. There's no way that Harrison Ford's friends with me, with you. And I said, yes, he is. I swear to God, he is. Like, I'm very excited. And uh, and uh, and he did. He asked Harrison Ford, he says, Are you, do you know Chris Kattan? Are you friends with Chris Kattan? And Harrison Ford said, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I like him. <laughs> so I thought that was awfully cute. Harrison Ford's like my hero, my childhood hero anyway. Really? What about the opposite? Have you ever heard from someone that you've impersonated that just was not thrilled? Uh, I I heard Antonio Banderas wasn't too happy about my impression. He hosted and I was uh, flown in to do an impression of him, but quickly Tina wrote, Tina Fey wrote up a thing where I did a weekend update feature where I wanted to play uh, Antonio Banderas, but he wouldn't allow it. So that was what the sketch was about. <laughs> but Lauren flew me in for that. So Lauren's always had my back. So <laughs> wait, so you were gonna when you the comedy he's always had my back. It was gonna be you like playing Antonio with Antonio? Yeah, because it was a sketch called the Antonio Ben. It was called the how do you say? Ah uh, yes, show with your host Antonio Banderas. So. And, and then that happens or that never happens? No, it did not happen. Not with him. I did that sketch before. I did with Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Love Hewitt and uh, a few other people, but uh, it did not happen with Antonio. And he, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't a fan of it. Some people have a sense of humor. And I don't know. I don't know. But that was okay. It's okay. That at least I was allowed to go on the show and say, I can do an Antonio Banderas impression. He just wasn't up for it. What was it like? No, you know, so many people have come and gone, but you know, there you are tapping J Lo's ass. That scene, like, what was it like working with J Lo? Did J Lo like kind of hang out? What was that like? He was great to work with. She was. I mean, you've seen her in films. She's very funny and and, and very gifted, and she's a lot of fun to work with. And uh, she did the she did a mango sketch with me. It was a diva battle. Diva's live. Mango J Lo or J Ho as I called her. That's what J. That's what Mango called her anyway. Um, and uh, that was great. That was uh, that was so much fun. And uh, that was one of the better Mango sketches. And she was so fun to work with J Lo. Um, yeah, J Lo. She was still J Lo back then. It's funny. She was not. Let's see, she was going out with Puffy. Daddy, was she went out? No, she was going out with somebody else. Bodyguard. Not yet. No, this is pre Healy. So she was going out with, I think, her bodyguard. Or Casper, the dancer, when she was with Casper. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, but she happened to be wearing Sean Puffy Combs uh, sweats in dress rehearsal uh, pre. uh, Pre uh, Puffy 
uh, relationship. So I thought that was interesting. A little foreshadowing right there. Exactly, right? And then Gigli and then Ben Affleck. And then all of a sudden they both wore a lot of creme la mer moisturizer. <laughs> That's always good too. What about, you know, like you worked, you wrote a book, you worked like very regularly since you left SNL, but did you ever look back and wish you had stayed longer or like, you know, we all look back at decisions we make, like, were you ever like, oh, I should have stayed longer or nothing like that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I could have stayed longer. I was in a long-term relationship and I could have stayed longer at the time, but I didn't. I, I, I left uh, at a time when I thought my characters ran out of steam and, um, and uh, I, most of my friends have left. You had left by then, you know. Uh, Tina was still there. Fred Armisen just got there. Maya was still there. And But my crew was like Will and, and Molly and Sherry and Norm and Spade and those guys. So those guys left. And, um, you know, and I, I thought, you know, it's probably time to make room for others, you know, another talent. And uh, my dad was was uh, very ill, so I went to L.A. and to be by his side, you know, for the coming years. And uh, he passed away like about eight years ago. So he's one of the founders of the Groundlings, too, as well. Um, and uh, so I was glad I did that. You know, I thought I think that was important. Family comes first. Absolutely. It's true. And that is, I mean, kind of the same, one of the reasons you left Big Brother, too, right? Wasn't your, wasn't someone sick? Yeah. With the fact that you can't connect, you could you send letters, but you can't get anything back uh, unless you become head of household. There's no way uh, to receive a letter. They wouldn't let you know, even if someone was okay. Like if I said, "Can I please let me know?" Like uh, my girlfriend Maria, I was like, "Can you let me know how Maria's doing?" And they wouldn't let me know until one day, finally, they gave me a thumbs up. When after she wrote me an entire three-page letter. I still never got it. And they just said, thumbs up. And I was like, that could mean a lot of things. <laughs> that could mean a lot of things. Was she happy like when you came home or was she like, don't worry yeah, about me? She got on the next flight. So yeah. That's good. Speaking about reality TV shows, I mean, I know you didn't last very long, but that's okay. What was Dancing with the Stars like? And how was that experience? Oh. Uh, yeah, that was a good experience. Uh, dancing with Whitney Carson was great. She was a great uh, teammate. And uh, I had a blast working with her, you know. Um, I had an injury on that show. Not on the show, but I had an injury prior to that. You know, I injured myself um, on Saturday Night Live. I broke my neck and I, and I, and, um, I didn't tell anyone about it because... You know, it was back in the day when I just didn't want to really uh, get into, you know, I didn't want to be taken off the team, so to speak. You know, I wanted to keep going like the show must go on. So and I'm one of those guys that just keeps going and keeps going. And, you know, now I'm fine. I mean, there was years of not being able to work because of that injury, which was too bad. But, uh, you know, now I'm in fantastic health because I take care of myself and physical therapy and all that stuff so um and um but you know uh that you know the judges were like you move like a robot and I was like well (laughs) there's a reason um so uh you know but I had a great time on that show I I could I I couldn't believe how hard those dancers work you know they were like incredible god they worked so hard that is what I hear. And I hear that if you get your steps off, that it, there's no coming back from that. Like, it's just. Yeah, it's like doing hard. a Broadway musical. I did a Broadway musical uh, with uh, Nathan Lane and Susan Strummer was the director. And uh, it was new music by Sondheim, of all people. It was called Frogs. And uh, we did that at the, uh, we did that at the, I forgot the name of the venue. It was on Broadway, but I don't remember the name of the theater, but. We, we um, that was the, the way the, the dancers worked, how hard they worked was incredible. I had such an admiration for them. It was incredible how hard they worked, you know. Um, and that was, that was quite, that was so impressive to see how hard they worked, you know. 
Would you ever go back to Dancing with the Stars if they called for you to come back? They do bring people back. They have like these all-star seasons, whether you're voted off first or win. Would you ever go back? I never thought about that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I would. It depends. Who else is it there? Who else to have fun with? You know, I like to do things less for myself and more for a team. You know, that's what I like to do, you know. You need so. to be on a good reality TV show with a team, not Big Brother, no backstabbing. Yes, I rather do. Uh, I rather do film and television. I like to be on a good, funny television show with friends that I've worked with before. That's what I love to do. Well, listen, another night at the Roxbury. You're going to be. You're. This is what's going to happen. So you're going to be busy for a minute, but after that, you can be on a TV show. Okay. <laughs> what about? I wish it was Christmas today, which was great. You and Fallon and Tracy Morgan and Horatio Sands. What was it like years later when you were joined by Miss Ariana Grande? Oh, that was great. She uh, she just pushed her little hands on my shoulders and she just was just there. I mean, I was like, oh, wow, Ariana Grande. That's so cool. And every so often we DM each other and she'll say Merry Christmas and stuff or Happy Halloween and stuff. She always adds and stuff. And I thought that's very cute. And she's a very dear, sweet girl. Um, I always thought she's very cool. And so such an incredible voice. Uh, I really like her a great deal. I think she's very talented. And uh, I, I never knew how much musicians love comedians. You know, it's, uh, you know, probably as much as comedians love musicians, probably the same thing. And you, you know? still get, you still get texts from her that says happy whatever holiday and stuff. Yeah, I'll get a hello here and there, something like that for sure. Yeah, it's, and it's she, great. And she adds and stuff. Yeah, sometimes, depending on the holiday. That's funny. <laughs> Speaking of that, right? Because I do think, like you know, musicians love comedians. Like, have you ever met someone where it's like, oh my god, you know, like like a Harrison Ford, like this person is a huge fan of like you know Mango or you know besides. Robert Pattinson. Have you ever met anyone else where you're just like, wow, this person watches SNL or knows me from my movies and they're just such a huge fan? Like, I never would have guessed this. Uh, yeah, Neil Young loved Peepers. That was a shock. <laughs> you would have never have thought that. Um, Bono, Bono liked Mango. That was interesting. <laughs> um, you know, there's always... You know, it's, it's just always, you're always taken aback when someone like that stature uh, of that kind of a talent uh, is a fan. You know, you're always taken aback. And it's just, it, it's just so wild, the power of the media, you know, and uh, people are, there's fans out there. And some of those fans are, can be your heroes sometimes. And that could really, uh, really be something. And could be really be something unique and special, so. Absolutely. Bono liking yeah. Mr. Peepers. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to discuss? I mean, you know, a huge shout out to your dates on the road. May, you are in Florida. You are in yeah. Colorado for Florida. April. Yes, uh, I'll be in, in uh, Naples uh, off the hook in, uh, in Florida. Uh, and I'll be in um, Colorado and I'll be in, um, yeah, throughout Florida. Uh, I'm doing a lot of dates in Florida and um, you're in Orlando, I think also in Orlando, I think in Tampa, I think. And also, if you go on my Instagram, which is Chris Catan official, uh, there'll there'll be, you know, some pop ups of of, of, um, my dates that are coming up of my show dates. It's called the Chris Catan takes the bite tour is uh, the name of the tour and uh, 2022. I love right. it. 20, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Already. And everyone yes. could go and check out your YouTube also. Hey, Katan. Yeah. It's called Hey, Katan. So click and subscribe now and uh, you'll be happy you did. So, yeah, please follow me. That'd be great. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, I've checked out your YouTube. It's great. You know. Thank you. Man, I appreciate that. If you're ever in the New York City, New Jersey area, I will be coming to see you or if I'm traveling. All right. But- I really appreciate you taking your time to chat with us here today. Of course, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.
Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.